So building strong relationships and raising standards in your team uh, shouldn't be complicated, but boy, it often feels uh, like rocket science. Now we live in this information age, and so we're just constantly flooded with podcasts, books, videos, conversations on social media groups, right? There's no shortage of information. And we're 105 episodes in this podcast, and there's been no shortage of proven strategies that we've shared here, you know? And forget about all the other great podcasts out there. And we're gonna keep it coming. It's why we've brought two more real coaches just like you on the podcast sharing ideas this week. But just before we get into that, if you're anything like the other hundreds of coaches we've worked through with through mentorship program, um, our retreats and our workshops, you need personalized support. It's why Nate and I are running our next coaching culture workshop that's open to any listeners of the podcast. Now, it's in November 24th in Minneapolis. It's gonna be an incredible day full of presentations, breakout sessions, small group discussion, Q&A. So you can go into your next season with confidence and with clarity to reach your team's potential. You can come alone or you can bring your staff. All you need to do is click on the link in this week's episode details or go to thriveonchallenge.com forward slash live workshop to learn more and register today. Now in today's episode, we're gonna pick up with our second and third way to make next season great. And we've got two very special guests that are sharing some game-changing culture strategies. Welcome to the Coaching Culture Podcast. I'm JP Nurbin alongside my co-host, Nate Sanderson. And every week in 30 minutes or less, we're giving you transformational leadership tools and strategies. This podcast is brought to you by Thrive On Challenge, which provides mentorship for coaches to help them grow as a coach and build their culture. You can learn more at thriveonchallenge.com. You're listening to episode 105, Three Ways to Make Next Season Great, Part 2, with Philip Marucci and Darren Douglas. Now, our next guest today is Philip Marucci. He's a head coach at Logos Prep High School in Sugarland, Texas. And I've known Philip actually for a couple of years. We've been in touch since kind of the early days to start Thrive on Challenge. Now, Philip, one of the things that you did with your team last few years that has been a big game changer has been a book study with your team. What gave you this idea to do a book study in the first place? Biggest thing uh, for the high school level to me was really implementing the passion and love of reading. I'm a pretty avid reader. And to me, the most successful people are the most well-read, not always the best educated or well-educated. Um, so reading to me was I really wanted to impart that into their lives and make reading a, a critical part of their lives as they progress through high school and the college and then into their adult life. So to me, it was really just instilling the love of reading. Um, so the books I chose were simple great uh, impact on them, had a great message to them. So to me, that was the whole thing. And even when I sent out my email to the parents to buy the book, I really laid out why I wanted them to read it to really foster that love of reading for them. Because I don't think this generation reads nearly enough. And most of the stuff they read is just for homework or they're told to do it. So the joy in it's there, the love of it's not there. So to me, I really thought it was a way to really foster the love and really gain knowledge from books. Um, yeah, one of the things there is just like I'm obviously a massive reader, as you can see with all my books right yeah. here. But is is there is there is something? Um, and I was an English teacher for so long too, and so there's that perception of like, oh, we're going to do a book reading or mm-hmm. a book study as a team. 
kind of kids come up and feel like, oh my gosh, I gotta go do more school, you know, yeah. after school, you know? And so I think there's that initially mental resistance that you might experience from players or you might anticipate for your players to feel too, right? Yeah, and we tackled it. And when I brought it up to them, you know, I had the normal, oh, chuckles in the size and, oh, man, we got to read. But I was like, listen, this is going to be way different. We're going to do it together as a team. We're only going to read like a chapter, a few pages. You know, it's going to be very simple for you guys to read through it. So the way we set it up is when we got into the gym, I had my managers uh, around the half court circle just set up all the chairs for the team. So there's 15 chairs. We all sat in a circle, which I thought was really important to be in that circle. Um, so they could be looking at each other, seeing each other reading and it really focused and it really focused them. So when we sat down, you know, it was complete silent and everybody was just reading um, and dug into it, which was great. And I thought just the setup was huge for that. So we maybe read 10 to 15 minutes max is all we spent, um, which with the attention spans of this generation, that's as much as they can kind of handle. So we read it and then I just opened it up. I had a sheet and kind of list of questions that I knew I wanted to guide the conversation, but really turned it over to them. What was the first chapter about? What did you take from it? And the captains kind of took control first and started speaking. And as they really input what they gained from it, you could see it trickle down to the, the other kids like, oh, all right, this is, and then it just became a free open discussion and it was, kind of me guiding it but i let it just kind of run where it ran and made sure it stayed on topic and there were sometimes it would go to different areas which i was okay with and we were exploring different things and really just getting deeper into maybe things that were on their mind or things that they came across with them um so the benefit just really was much more impactful than i really thought it was going to have as they started discussing is it a team so how are we going to use this in our practice today how are we going to use it in school tomorrow how are we going to use this, you know, throughout our life? And I wasn't really planning on it to get more into the team in the season, but we really rally, rallied around it during that season. And I don't think we make it to the Final Four without that book and that impact that it had on, on the kids. I really don't think we get that far because it really gelled them and brought them together on a much deeper level as a team and as a family and, and as a oneness with the group. Yeah, no, that's so much. I mean, you're talking about that first year that you did it was Chop Wood, Carry Water by yeah, Joshua Metcalf. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was, that was very similar. Like, you know, you're able to draw parallels. And, and I had, a, had a, uh, a season when we when we did that book. And, man, it was it just felt like certain times that the chapter that we were reading really spoke into the situation that we were, we were mm -hmm. facing. And, you know, it's and all honesty, like you could get a book from Joshua Metcalf, John Gordon, um, you can get one from, you know, Greg, uh, or Brett Ledbetter with what drives winning. There's some great books out there. Now these yeah. guys to bring them in to speak to your team would be $5,000 probably for an hour, but yeah. here, here you just get their, their, their wisdom shared with you and the things mm -hmm. that they have, and they're just sharing it through, through the words. And, and it's, it's a pretty powerful way to, to bring in that guest speaker every day to, yeah. typically, right? Exactly. And it was, yeah, it was, it was very, very impactful for us to, uh, the biggest story that stood out was the, um, the man building the house. That was huge. That was huge for us. And they're still, they're graduating now two years out and they'll still ask me, coach, I'm pouring into my house every day. And I'm like, man, that, to see that at this point of the game, still impacting them and still having them apply themselves to that level. Like that was, that was spectacular. That one little story changed it up.
Yeah, well, I mean, that's just kind of the power of story. I mean, I can't tell, I mean, count the amount of times I've told kids to pay attention to the details and I've used the, you know, mm -hmm. the, little, the little things make a big difference. And I've used mantras like that and, you know, but but you use a story and people remember the story, you know, yeah. and that, that, that there's so much in that. And that's why you know, there's so many great books out there that have great stories, whether they be, you know, fable type stories like Metcalf and Gordon's um, or, you know, what drives winning, you know, Rhett Ledro's got some stuff there or just some sort of biographies with your players uh, that sure. you, can, you can do. What are some other books that you've kind of done with them since, since that book? So, last year we did the power of a positive team, mm -hmm. uh, which again, huge for impacts, um, same setup, same scenarios. I one, one thing there is uh, you were doing this every day before practice or every day yeah. we would sit down. Yep. The chairs would be set up and then 10, 15 minutes is all we did. Read a little bit, talk about it, discuss it. And then we were right in the practice. So it didn't take much time. Practice started at three 30. They were done class at three 10, three 15. They were in the gym, in the circle reading three 30 hit. We started practice. So they knew it really fit into their schedule. Well, uh, didn't waste practice time. And then sometimes we got into really good conversations. I was like, all right, we can keep going to 335, 340. Cause to me, this is benefiting way more than, you know, doing a shell drill for, or start. <laughs> so I was like, let's let it go a little bit. You know, we can always make up something. So you ever think about doing one with the parents? You know what? It's funny that you said it because when I first brought it up and emailed all the parents to buy the book, David, their review, they were like blown away. They're like, I can't believe they're going to be doing this. Like they loved it. So they ran with the idea hardcore and they ran out, bought the books like that night. They got the email. Um, and it's a good idea because some of them asked, Coach, can we do one as well last year? Because they seem to be reading the book as well, which I didn't factor that in when I wanted to start doing this was mm -hmm. the parents picking up the book and reading it as well. So it's impacted them. And last year, especially um, with the power of a positive team, they really were like, oh, I can relate this to my work and my work environment. And, you know, can, so I had three parents ask me last year if I could guide one with them. And I was like, I don't know, after practice, I got to get home. It's kind of hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this year, uh, I'm trying to figure out if they can do it because I've already received some emails this year. What's the book going to be? Um, can work it in maybe not every day but maybe once or twice a week where we can sit down and kind of help us to kind of see what they're reading and connect with their kids a little bit more and use that as an avenue to get a little bit more in tune with their kids that's awesome i, I think that i was a big advocate of that as an english teacher is always tell the parents like hey i'd love for you to read this book with along with with, with your son or with your daughter um, i think it's a great way to bridge those connections so that's something cool I, i've seen another coach at the high school level um, do a separate book on parenting and he's a parent and they just talk about how to be better mm -hmm. parents, you know? So there's some yeah. cool stuff there, but the, I think the cool thing is that just, you change their, not just their perception around that, but just, it's something that you're just doing intentionally every day to build into your culture, to build into them as young men and the parents yes. know they can see that and there's that transparency and they can mm -hmm. kind of get around the messages too. And it's a, it's a powerful way to give the parents a message potentially as well as the players too. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Definitely. Thank you for having me, man. This was fantastic. I appreciate everything you do. Now, if you've got any questions on implementing a book study, uh, you can obviously reach out to me. I've done this with, with many teams that I've been working with, but also uh, Philip would, would be happy to field any questions you have. His email will be in the coaching notes PDF that you can get by subscribing to the new weekly newsletter at thriveonchallenge.com. 
So our last guest is Darren Douglas. He's a head coach at Grovetown High School. He just took over a new program there in Augusta, Georgia, and he's already doing an incredible job of laying down a really strong culture. But one of the things that I've admired most about Darren in the last year of working with him in the mentorship program is his commitment to growing as a leader. He's probably put more time and effort into growing as a leader than he has even spent on his culture. And that's so important because the change, the transformation starts with us. And he knows that and he's invested so much in that. And he's going to share a little bit about habit tracking and how that's impacted him um, and his own personal growth. Uh, not even just as a leader, but as you know, as a father um, and, and, a, and a husband. So now for those of you that don't know what habit tracking is, uh, it comes from James Clare in his book, Atomic Habits. And there's some articles that he also has on his website, jamesclare.com. But essentially, you start with one habit that you want to implement in your life and you start to chart it. And every day you complete it, you put a check mark there. And that could be in a journal or that could be on your calendar. Now, Darren, why don't you start with sharing a little bit of your story around why you started to implement habit tracking? So 2017, 18, you know, I was at another school and we won a state championship. And so I came the, the next year in 18, 19, and... I just felt off. Like I felt off from day one and I couldn't put a finger on it. You know, I had plenty of suspicions. I was thinking, well, Hey, I'm missing these kids that I've had for so many years. I'm, you know, this team is young. It was, but when I, when I self reflect back on it now, it was just excuses. It was just, I had gotten to that point where I knew I had to change or it was not sustainable the way that I was going. I was either going to flame out or, you know, or just let it all go together because it wasn't, you know, it's it's great when you're winning and you're doing all of that, that stuff, but I don't think that's ever what I got into coaching for. I mean, I never would, could put it into words, but I got into coaching to like help kids and be, be something that I thought that I needed when I played basketball. And I just felt like I wasn't doing a good job of it. And I can remember, I say it all the time when I talk to people, I, I felt like it was God because I remember seeing a Twitter post from you and it was, I had just complained to like one of my friends maybe a day or two before. And it was like, if you want to be a transformational coach, uh, da, 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 you know, sign up on this Google form. And then you got back to me and we started talking and I started realizing like, this is what I needed. So I was making changes during the season, but it was, it was not, the way that I wanted to, it was kind of like, you know, you get in a hot tub and you kind of stick your toe in there a little bit, but I knew it was good. It was just like, okay, I'm going to have to really, really, really throw all my cards on the table, be as honest as I can with myself and then start doing this because I know it's going to help these kids. I know it'll help the kids. Um, so I've got to be better. And from there, you know, I started implementing some of that stuff and started trying to share it with my kids. I could see some of them start to make the change. And in that, it started changing me too. It started making me want to say, okay, well, I got this habit down now. Now I'm drinking, you know, so much water every day. I can, I can leave that. That's a part of who I am. What can I add next that I can show guys a great example of? And it just kind of just stacked up from there. And, you know, Fast forward, the year was over with. Uh, I took a took over an, another program, 
and I kind of felt more comfortable in where I, where I'm at on my journey um, as far as, you know, okay, I did this hard thing. Now I can do this. Um, I know I can do it now because I have a system. I know I can get up and I can track it. I can go back at the end of the month and see how many times I did it, how many times I did not do it and say, okay, this is sufficient. I can move on to something else, or I can say, I'm not doing this enough. How, how can I get better at this? What do I need to eliminate or what do I need to add to get better at it? And so from there, you know, you, you kind of learn that I started sharing that with kids. I started, you know, feeling more healthy, uh, being able to manage my emotions more, being more self-aware. Um, it just like made my emotional intelligence go through the roof. And it was just from just a journey of like, actually, you know, I think as coaches, a lot of times we, oh, we don't want to talk to parents. Like that's one of my one of my habits that I have now, like a parent check-in. Like I'll call a parent and just every day I try to. Not the same one, but I'll call one. So I know that'll make me a better coach. Um, As far as like with my wife, I'll say, you know, every, it's, that's one of my habits on there. It'll never come off even though we do it every day, but it's quality time with Tiffany Douglas. So every day, like I'll come home, I'll put my phone down, I'll do whatever. We'll sit, we'll talk, we'll watch a TV show she wants to. And it's just like the gains that you get from that. and it's not really a hard thing to do. You just have to do it. And I think that that stops a lot of people too. It's just, oh, well, I got this or I got that. And it's it's not hard stuff to do once you start doing it. And so from that, you get balance in your life. You can give that to your kids. You can show your kids what, what a balanced life looks like. You know, I, you said before, the coaches, like it's this grind, you know, and I, I think a lot of coaches get caught up in that. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not here. I'm on the grind right now. And it's, you know, I like Little Brother. They're, they're like one of my favorite rap groups. And their album just came out. And one of the rappers said, he doesn't say grind because a well-oiled machine just runs anyway. And so I want to I live like that. Like a well-oiled machine is just going to run. It's not going to grind. If it's grinding, it's going to tear up. You got you to gotta put it in the shop. But if it's just running, it's just running. And so, like, I want to show that to my kids. I want to live by that, that like, you know, we're just going to run like a well-oiled machine, get up, do what we got to do every day, get the proper rest, you know, put the right stuff in our bodies, the right stuff in our minds. And, you know, you can flourish, you can go so far with that. I love that. You know, I think one of the big things is coach are, coaches are going, okay, man, he's got all these habits around sleep and making sure you get in a cold shower. And he's got all these things that are going on. What is the thing that like, to get me started on this though, you know, because I think a lot of those habits you feel like, oh my gosh, because I know you're tracking a lot, well over 10 at a time, and it can be overwhelming to try to take on those type of things. So what was the first thing you really started to do that moved the needle? I mean, because I know James Clear talks about it as the Diderot effect, where like Danae Diderot started doing, he, he had this, uh, really nice coat that he bought and he bought this really nice coat. Well, then he, he felt like he had to upgrade everything in his life because he had this nice coat. So what was your nice coat for you? Um, So I was a, a, a soda guy, a soda, sweet drinks guy. And, you know, my first thing was just water. I got to drink water every day. Like I know it's good for me and I know this is bad for me. Um, And so I was I was inconsistent with it first. I may go three days out the week and then two days, like I gotta have a coke, man. These kids are driving me nuts at school. So I would and then it got to a point where it was just like, I'm gonna, I'm going to really, really drink water. So I only started off with four. I only started off with four habits. It was to drink water, it was to read at least a chapter every day. 
It was to have a discussion with my sons and it was to spend quality time with my wife. And so I think water took me maybe a month and a half to really, really. And so another thing that I do now is at the end of the month, I always add streaks. Like, I don't know why it's just something that drives me. Like I'll keep a streak going. Like right now, I think I have like a 98 day streak of drinking water, like drinking the adequate water. And so it's like, well, I don't want to break my streak. Even if I don't feel like drinking water, I don't want to break it. So I'll drink water. Um, So I went there, I started drinking water. And once I got like a month in, I was like, well, I drink water now. Like even now, like every now and then I'll have a soda, but it's just like, man, this is spicy. Like, I don't want this anymore. Um, but you couldn't have told me this at this time last year. It was just been like, no, he's going to drink him a Coke or a Mountain Dew or something. And so like that started. And what I realized was, man, I'm not, I don't, I'm not like hopped up on sugar. And so I'm like, I'm a little bit calmer now. Um, and from there, it just I already was a reader, but I was the type of guy who would read and just read and put it down. Um, and so from there, it was like, all right, I'm not going to rush through a book. I'm going to read. I'm going to actually annotate. I'm going to give me some questions at the end of it and actually learn from it. And so once I started realizing, like, man, this is this is good. Like, I actually can take this stuff and apply it because I'm not just running through it and remembering a quote or remembering something that stood out to me. I'm actually getting all the meat out of the book. And so from there, it was just like, well, I got, I got to, that didn't, that wasn't as hard. It was like, I got to read a chapter every day. Like I could find five, 10 minutes to read a chapter and then annotate. And, you know, my wife, I always hung out with her, but man, it was just one of these things where we would hang out and, you know, coaching, I'm sitting there watching film on the iPad or I'm answering a text or talking to a coach, another coach. And that wasn't hanging out. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, I'm here, but I'm not here. And so putting that stuff away and being present and actually like having real conversations and talking and doing that stuff, like, then I realized the benefits from that. And then just seeing my, my sons, how we have conversation and like, I can watch my son now and he sounds like me, like amongst his peers, like some of the stuff that we talk about, he takes it and he goes and he shares it with his peers. So I seen how cool all that was. And it was like, okay, I got these four things done. Let me try. It was just from there, you just keep adding, you know, what I would advise people is don't start out too big and understand that, have empathy for yourself. You may start off and fall off, but at the end of the day, just realize you want to get yeah, and I think what's really awesome is is it really comes down to the system itself, though. Like, just the fact that you come back to it. Like, when I'm working with coaches like yourself, I always just remind them, like, even if your first habit is just something like drinking water, that simple. Like, just be consistent for the first month or so and just tracking it. Just being yeah. honest with yourself. Every day pulling out whether you got James Clear's Habits, uh, Clear Habits Journal or you just got your own little uh, little calendar or whatever it is, you know? Um, that's just a really profound and powerful way to do it. It comes back to just the systems that we have in our lives, the systems that we have in our team culture, like those things make the repeatable behaviors, the commitments that we're trying to, to try to, to drive, it makes them so much easier, right? It, it, it removes a lot of the resistance out there. So your story is obviously a story of really, really success personally. But then the cool thing is it's translated into your team. And it really have to be mine. The coolest thing is like, I, I keep my, my journal on me. And sometimes 
you know, I'll pull it out and start writing in it. And some of the guys have said, well, what is that? And I'm like, well, you want to, you know, and I'll come over and show it to them. And they're like, you do all of that? And I'm like, yeah, I do that. And so I've had a couple of them reached out and was like, hey, teach me how to do that. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you exactly what I'm doing. And so that's a cool thing. And what it can, you know, like I said, discipline is not about the consequence. It is about holding people to standards and everything like that. But I just think discipline needs to be reframed to not a bad word, but it's a good word. Discipline, if you're self-disciplined and the people around you are self-disciplined, you can go so much further. And I think it starts with the coaches first. Not only a great strategy, but some incredible truths there from Darren. You know, I found habit tracking so incredibly effective in my life and the lives of others. Um, I didn't just want to share Darren's story, but I just want to quickly uh, share with you how we developed a system to implement within your team. So not only implement it within your own life, uh, but you can implement it with your own team. And it's called the commitment tracking system. All right. And in short, what we do is we take three core values, right? Your three core values as a team, and you make a we make one commitment to excellence in each of these three areas. Right? You make one commitment to excellence in each of those three areas. Now, some examples of this are hard work, right? So you do five minutes extra work after practice, uh, three times a week. Uh, resilient could be doing something uncomfortable and challenging you normally wouldn't do uh, one time a week. Uh, encouraging could be talk and touch every teammate before the start of every practice this week, right? And so we, we make these commitments and they're very personalized commitments to the team. Uh, and then we use a very simple system to record daily the follow through. It goes into an Excel sheet where we can literally get the percentage of follow through on each commitment for each player and the team as a whole. And it's an incredible way to commit to excellence in your core values as a team, to literally bring them to life and you can literally see the, the, the measured progress over a period of time. Now, I work with coaches in the mentorship program to implement this with their team. Uh, and because we understand the mentorship program really isn't for everyone, uh, we're also helping coaches implement that attend the Coaching Culture Workshop in Minneapolis uh, on November 24th. So you can learn more about that workshop and you can register today at thriveonchallenge.com forward slash live workshop. We're also going to put a link at the top of the episode details.